What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Shaggin' Flies. We have a great episode for you today. I'm really excited about this one. We have the wonderful Shelly Verstraight on, and I'm saying that last name correctly with confidence because we talked about it a lot on the podcast. Uh, Shelly is wonderful. She's a great writer. Uh, you can find her stuff at PitcherList. Uh, at Dynasty Guru, she's done some stuff for fan grabs. Basically, if there is a place to write about fantasy baseball and especially to write about prospects and dynasty, Shelly is probably there writing. Uh, but she is a fantastic writer, wonderful person, and uh, this was a really fun conversation. So, uh, yeah, enough of the intro. Who cares? Let's get to our conversation with Shelly. Enjoy, and thank you again so much for joining us. last world series was can does anybody know Zach, I, know. I, I think i could tell you what all right zach i, I, I want to say was it was it 1983 it was 1983 virtual high five zach well done. they beat they beat uh the white Sox that year one of our like once per decade playoff appearances you know oh oh yeah 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 i was gonna say not in the world series but you're right yeah 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 exactly. yeah yes, man yes. 83 83 orioles they had they had a couple shots at uh at the World Series a little later on in the nineties. Ninety seven, wired wire champs, and then uh little they, old kid named uh Joe, named Jeffrey, Jeffrey Mayer. Mayer. <laughs> so Jeffrey Mayer, I don't think was Jeffrey Mayer no, Jeffrey Mayer was in ninety seven because they lost to the Indians uh to Cleveland. God, I gotta stop doing that. They lost to Cleveland in uh ninety seven, I think like the first round of the like immediately in the playoffs, which was stupid. 97 was the year that like Brady Anderson hit 40 home runs, Cal hit 40, uh, Palmero hit 40. Like they would, uh, Robbie Alomar was on the team. But, anyways, no, Jeffrey Mayer was around then. It was like 96 or something. But, God, that still gives me like. It's only been 25 years. So, I, clearly, your, uh, you know, feelings are, are letting up a little That's bit. It's okay. I've got, yeah, I've got, um, I've got the Ravens at least, so there's that. At least there's one Baltimore team that is good. Shelly, are you a Patriots fan too? I am not. Oh, thank uh, God. Uh, I actually don't watch football. Uh, my family was all baseball all the time. Been a fun episode, Shelly. Uh, thank you for joining us. And hey, 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 hey. All right. See you, Ben. See you, Ben. No, no. I Talk have, I have soon, a, buddy. I have a point. I have, I have a thing. Yes, go ahead. Um, when um I met Rudy, he was a he used to watch football. So I was kind of a Ravens fan for like three nice. years when we watched football because he's a Steelers fan. So I had to no. pick exactly. I had to pick the other <sighs> team that was near where I live. So I kind of mm. sort of am halfway a Ravens fan. So I'll take it. I'll take okay. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you okay. are so I I believe in my research i discovered you are not too far from me where you live you're in virginia right yeah i live um in a very small town called mechanicsville virginia i know exactly where mechanicsville is uh, yep yep unfortunately that's where i live (laughs) not a fan uh uh, no um especially the last couple of years yep no no definitely not it's what's what's wrong with mechanicsville hmm uh, Give us the deets. What uh, I, oh, I should I should I should tell you beforehand that according to analytics, 
68% of our audience is from Mechanicsville. So I just want to let you know that <laughs> well, ahead of time. If, I mean, if, if, if that is totally the case, then I'm totally going to riff on it. Um, Please do. Uh, we don't view things uh, politically. Um, mm. And yes. And um, it's it's been very rough the past couple of years. So, yeah, I hate it. Oh, here. man, I can't even imagine like so I one of the things one of the nice things for for me and I, I don't want to um, I don't want to exclude anybody listening who may be of different political affiliations. But for for me personally, of my political leanings, one of the nice things about living in Maryland is that it's going to vote uh, blue all yeah. of the time. Yeah. And as as a Democratic voter, I feel like, you know, every presidential election, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I know who's going to win our state. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we have a Republican governor. So but that's that was kind of rare. That was like, yeah. that was weird. But but yeah, I, I I would imagine it would be really difficult to be of just one a political affiliation, whatever it may be, and live in an area where the polar opposite is dominant. Yeah, it's rough. It, it's very rough. But honestly, I would just really like for people not to steal signs. <laughs> oh, that's I, right. I forgot that was a thing. You you tweeted about that. People were stealing your um the sign it, your yard signs. Yep. And because I am very stubborn, and both me and my husband are very stubborn, we kept putting signs out there I love um, just to troll people. Um, and also, how dare <laughs> you just steal? A sign, um, right? What's the point in that? I don't understand what that's, that accomplishes. It, it's also yeah. funny because, like, the oldest truism in campaigning is that signs don't mean anything. Yard signs oh, are a waste yeah. of money; <laughs> are completely meaningless. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, they are. But it's just like I'm just wondering, like, what what makes the, you you make that decision? Like, you're driving along, and you're like, I don't like that sign, and like, let's steal it. Yeah, that'll show them. Like, what's the end game there? That you hope the person like walks out of their house and goes, oh, the sign's gone. Better change my vote. Like, like I don't know what the yeah. point is. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people just get a kick out of doing shit like that. You know, I, yeah. I, I want to say I would say even that I don't understand it. Like I kind of do understand it. I just think you suck if you do it. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Those people just yeah. exist. <laughs> They're out there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, 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 you know, was very like vehemently did not like. <laughs> trump but during the election i would have never stolen a trump sign out of someone's yard it just i don't know it that first of all it's just a lot of effort like i don't yeah. first of i mean immediately my first concern is i'm gonna get caught and then it, and then it leads to an awkward encounter uh or perhaps a an angry encounter and also like i don't feel like pulling over and then i gotta get out of my car i gotta get the sign maybe the sign's dug into the ground really hard and then i gotta like really yank on it to get it out of the ground and especially if it's election season it's probably fall so the ground's super cold it's gonna be a pain in the ass to get the sign out of the ground then i've got this big sign in the back of my car what do i do with it (laughs) Like now it's my junk. Now it's my trash. I have to dispose of it because I'm not going to keep it clearly. So now I have to put it in the trash, but like they're large. So I can't just put it in my trash can. So it's got to sit in my garage and waste away. or I got to go to the dump. No. (laughs) For what gain? What do I gain? Nothing. Exactly. It's just the dumbest thing. (laughs) 
but yeah, yeah no anyways <laughs> yeah i know i i could tell i could tell stories but I, we can maybe move that to later because i don't want to monologue for for too long opening up here especially because shelly we've never actually met we've interacted like at various interfaces on the internet but it is nice yeah. to uh face to face voice to voice i don't even know what to call it really you know uh where you, oh, ben you want to say something i was gonna well so two things before we first hop in. thing first thing I need to I need to pause briefly because there is some toy or something that's making a whole bunch of noise. I gotta go figure out what that is. Give me one second. <laughs> we'll probably leave this in too in the end. Love it. I don't know what it was. I think one of I think one of uh um, one of my one of my kids' toys just kind of like came to life. Oh! But I don't know what it was, was it or it was, or it was. Well, so so my first thought, he's got this like um, my my uh, my five year old has this uh, uh, Kindle Fire tablet for kids, and my first thought was, oh, he was watching like kids YouTube videos. Maybe he forgot to lock it before bed. So I'm like, all right, that's what it is. I go over there, tablet's locked. So, <laughs> and none of the toys he has upstairs make noise. I have no clue what that was. That was really creepy. That was really bizarre. Um, um, so was this like the first time that you experienced a ghost, Ben? Oh, my God. <laughs> Shelly? <laughs> is this maybe, I was going to say, is this the first time that we have someone on who, is, who has listened to the podcast previously and knows what's coming for him? <laughs> Probably. Oh, my God. I am... Uh, I'm gonna crowdsource. <laughs> I'm gonna crowdsource some <laughs> trivia for you guys. I have some friends who are playing bar trivia online right now, so I'm crowdsourcing trivia. This will make great podcast content. <laughs> Ready? Because no, who knows? Maybe it'll be fun I, trivia for, I mean, for the listeners. For the the, the seven of them, you know. <laughs> right. Hey, everyone, just hit that fifteen ahead button. This is gonna be a long podcast. It's good. Three songs have stayed in the Billboard Top 100 for more than 15 weeks. Name one of them. The three songs were in 1995, 2017, and 2019. I'm going to guess 2019 would have been Old Town Road, I think. Oh, that's brilliant. Old Town Road. I would almost almost guarantee that was correct for Uh, more than 15 weeks. 1995. Boots getting boogie. Boot scoot and boogie. I don't. Is that a country song? That yeah. I don't know. By by whom? Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, he had a he had a song that wasn't achy breaky heart. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that one. I said those words in my head. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. oh, achy breaky heart could <laughs> totally be it. Wait, I thought that was more like earlier '90s though. I could be wrong. I was not literally not alive, so I mean. <laughs> Dude, God I actually, <laughs> I actually have. I, I have. Like a, I might have been. What year are we talking about here? 95. I actually have okay. a, a vague memory. We'll see if that's right. I actually have a vague memory of when Achy Breaky Heart was big. I was born in 1990. How old are you, Shelly? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 33. You're 33. Okay, so you're three years older than me. So you may have a better memory of it, but I do have a vague memory of like when Achy Breaky Heart was huge. Yeah. Because like I do remember like my... So I grew up with parents who just listen to the radio all the time. Mm-hmm. It was never like, even if we had CD players in the car, they never were like listen to CDs. And I do remember them having the radio on and Aggie Bricky Heart was on like all of the time, constantly. Yep. 
Yeah, and, that was a thing. Oh my god, and it's just the worst song. A hundred percent. It's so bad. It's catchy, <laughs> but it's so bad. Um. Anyways, the other thing that I wanted to do. Oh, 2017. I have no clue. I'm very curious of the answers, but we'll find out. We got over. We'll tease that. We'll tease that for the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> stick around and you'll find out, or Google it. Um. So one of the things I would like to do right now, just so I can get it through my head, because you, you so part of the part one of the the thing that started the conversation of you, Chelly, coming on this podcast. We I had always intended for you to come on, regardless, but sure. you messaged me. Uh, I love that. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Whatever you say, Ben. <laughs> sure you did. Sure you did. You messaged me because I mentioned you in a, a previous episode. Uh, I think it was the episode with Janice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I butchered your last name. I mean, <laughs> I took your last name and I ran it through the meat processor, like in that uh, another one or um, another brick in the wall music video. Just, just blah, grinded it out. So I want to sit here for like a minute and just say your last name multiple times because I want I want you to know that this is not like it wasn't like when I was talking about you in that episode that like for the first time I was like, oh, God, her name's difficult. No, this is literally like every single time I've ever seen your name on Twitter. I have had part of me that like instinctually said, I hope I had never have to say that out loud because I will get it wrong because there's just no chance I will get it right. So, how is your last name pronounced? Verstraight. Verstraight. Yeah, so ver straight, like a straight line. You know what? So <laughs> there's a lot of letters doing no work in that last name. A hundred percent. There's there's a lot of silent letters because there's like a G in there I'm not hearing. There's an OU that is doing yep. nothing. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. They're Verse just there straight. for looks. Okay. It is, yeah. They're they're just there the to Dutch, intimidate. The Dutch like letters is that Dutch or something related? Northwestern um, European. Hold on a second, Rudy. Last name. Where, <laughs> Where is are you it from? from? <laughs> Belgium. 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 Is that Dutch? Belgium. Is that the same thing? No, it's Belgium. No, well, so Bel- Dutch is Bel- the Netherlands. I should know this. Jesus. So in <laughs> in, Bel- in Belgium, I had a, I have a friend who's from Belgium. He explained to me that Bel- Belgium's government makes zero sense. It is the weirdest <laughs> government. Divided in two, right. So it's divided. It's not only divided by region. It's divided by uh, spoken language. It's French and Dutch. Uh, and German. So well, there German. is a so there are locale governments. And then there is a French government, a German government, and a Dutch government. And there is a Belgium government. And they are all equally powerful. Like all of them. <laughs> Belgium is like smaller than most states in the United States and it has seven governments. Like <laughs> it is nationalism the, is a hell of a drug. It man, it's the weirdest thing. It's so bizarre. It's there's a great video on YouTube that explains just how wild Belgium is, uh how weird their government is. It makes no sense. But I mean, it's not like our government's making that much sense these days. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, 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 that's true. But at least we have the excuse of being a large country. <laughs> um, all right. Verstraight, Shelly, Verstraight, you're here. And I am hey. so happy that you're here. Hey, when did you get here? Uh, I'm very happy you're here. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Uh, we, we took a week off 
and uh, it's it's nice to get back into it. I was kind of missing it. So I want to I want to start off uh, as as Zach was mentioning before I went to go visit the ghost who wanted <laughs> to play with my children's toys. Um, that uh, I, and I and same with me. We haven't interacted a whole much, a whole bunch outside of just Twitter and you know on on the Discord, Pitchless Discord, and all that stuff. But I don't know a whole lot about you personally, so I would just want to start with the most basic question: Where are you from originally? Because I don't think it's Mechanicsville. Um, it actually is. No, <laughs> what? Yeah, I I am one of those. Like, you hate this town so much, you've stayed here your entire life. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, I, you know, I, I grew up here. I was born here. I grew up here. I went to school for four years in a very, another small town in Virginia, um, and then came back here. Um, the only reason why I came back here was one, because of family, but then two, housing is like super cheap. So it really works, <laughs> to be straight up honest. Yeah, no, I believe that. I believe that. It's- yeah, I can have, having just like, moved back home fairly recently myself there's really just something to be said for like it's not even just a comfort thing there's an actual you save money and you save stress with the convenience the convenience of like knowing where things are like you have a mechanic you have a place to go for this or that just by you know being in the place that you that you grew up in so that's no never well and you, a great place but right well and you also probably have family around and friends family you know so it's just yeah. it. No, I totally, I totally get that. I, I get that. That's how big is Mechanicsville? I've been there, or I've been near there. Yeah, but it's not big, right? It it's it's really not. It's a very kind of smallish town. Um, um, yeah, it's it's really not that big. <laughs> I've got I've got on Wikipedia here. It's a um, it's an unincorporated area and census designated place. Uh. Which I know about all of those, thanks to my my friend from, from Marlboro, <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, I had a diagram of him on my fridge at one point to you know get the whole of- governmental layout thing because our government you know makes a lot of sense too with the way <laughs> lay things on top of each other. Uh, uh, but thirty thirty six thousand okay. as of the twenty ten census. But that's like okay. I feel like kind of spread out. I don't know. Also, I'm not the one who lives there, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shelly, you're wrong. It's a big town. You don't know. I, I, no, that seems know? small to me. I don't know. Like, I, no, thirty six thousand. I, I mean, depending on how big the town is, yeah, that's it. It or, is. It would not or, shock me if it's much like you know many rural Virginia towns, because there are plenty of them. Yep. Yeah. So okay. So starting in Mechanicsville. Uh, what happened from there? You went to another small town in Virginia for four years. You said, what did that entail? Was that college? <laughs> uh, yep. I, I went, <laughs> yeah, I went to college in a town called, called Farmville, which LOL. No. Yep. It was called Farmville. It was called Farmville. I absolutely <laughs> love that. I'm just imagining they're like, people are in Virginia and they're like, what do we call this town? Well, what do you want to call it, Bill the Mechanic? How about Mechanicsville? That's fine. Hey, John the Farmer, <laughs> what do you want to call the town down the road? Farmville? That works. hundred <laughs> percent. There are so many bills. It's it's hilarious in Virginia. Um, but the college that I went to, um, 
is so laughable. It is called Longwood University. So, nice. Uh, nice. yes, it's a very laughable name. So <laughs> I went uh, there. How big is the college? Years. Again, very small. Um, it used to be for years just a woman's college. Um, uh, but then it kind of uh, is not anymore. Um, but it, it's very small. It took me about... Uh, about eight minutes to walk from one side of the campus to the other. Mm, That's yeah. how I, you know what I, I went to um, the university of Maryland, Baltimore County, and it was about a 10 okay. minute walk yeah. from, from end to end, depending on which part of the campus, but for the most part, 10 minute walk from the parking lot to the other side of campus. And I loved that. I was a commuter and I was like, That's great. I'm, I don't need, I had a, a I have a friend who went to university of Maryland college park. And he he would call me, and I'd be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, just on my walk to class. It's about a thirty minute walk." <laughs> You're stupid. Why would you do that? Ugh. Yeah, like that's insane. So yeah, I never needed that. That's a ten minute walk. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so what drew you to uh to that to a such a small college? Um. I mean, if we're being um, honest, it was really easy to get into. And I was super lazy when I was in high school. So I got in. I'm I like, okay. Feel yep. that. I I cannot yep. tell you how much I feel that. I was the exact same way. All my friends were like getting into like nice colleges like University of Maryland or Towson University. Yep. And I uh, got rejected by both of them. So I ended up, before I went to UMBC, I ended up at Shippensburg University, which is this like tiny college in the middle of uh amish country and i was just they were like where are you going to college I'm like, amish country shippensburg i was like oh i'm going to virginia tech university of maryland <laughs> where's shippensburg like, it's not real <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just yeah that's funny i mean those things also literally just don't matter though oh yeah it you, means, yeah it you get nothing we're yeah. all there's a rear all here. That's why I like was saying to one of my one of my younger cousins is I think a senior in yeah she's a senior in high school right now and she's going to Tulane down in New Orleans which is great mm, but she's yeah, yeah, a yeah. very like very very high achiever um, super stressed out about the whole process and I was kind of a similar way like I was very like high strung about the whole thing I went to to Bard College in upstate New York which is small school on a big campus. Um, which is a good school, but also not like, you know, elite by any means or like super hard to get into. Uh, and I was, I remember talking to her a year or two ago when I was working in my office and my office was small. There were five of us in there and it was like me with my small liberal arts degree. The guy next to me went to, had gone to Brown as an undergrad. Someone else had gone to uh, Louisville as an undergrad. The other person had gone to Illinois State and the last person had gone to Northwestern. And we were all there in the same place. Like, literally oh, yeah. Didn't like. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, just, I didn't matter. We were all there. Yeah. And that's exactly. what I was trying to say to my cousin. It's like, yo, just, it's really, I wish I could have said that to myself, however, several years ago. I've been like, it. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> no, it really I, I right. feel like, unless, unless you are like trying to get into like Harvard or Yale or like that, whatever career path requires that you want to, you know, one day I want to be a Supreme Court justice. Like, okay, then yeah, you should probably care about getting into like one of those schools. But other than that, who cares? It's and even even how well you do in college. Like, I had a, I remember having a coworker. I used to work at a um, TV station in Baltimore, 
and uh, my coworker and I both went to college together. And he graduated with a fan, like great GPA. I mean, like almost a four zero. Worked his butt off. He was, you know, really good student. I was not. Um, <laughs> didn't graduate with the best GPA. And I remember telling him many times. I was like, "Hey, uh, what was your GPA in school?" And he was like, oh, "Like three nine three." I was like, "You know what mine was? It was like uh, under a three. How much do we get paid? We get paid." The same amount. He's like, shut up. But yeah, it's it. Yeah, just it's it's yeah. so silly. It's so, so yeah, silly. Your your reasoning, your reasoning is very very bad. Yeah. I think so. So you went. So this is a good transition to our next question. So you went to college. You did a lot of schooling. It looks like to become a CPA. Yeah. And, and so so that means to me that means like being a CPA is like what you wanted to do and what you want to do presently. So what is it that when did you kind of like figure out like accounting? It's kind of the thing you wanted to do. And what is it about, about that field that really draws you in? Because to, to someone like me, it seems like crazy. (laughs) It seems, it seems extraordinarily like boring, but, but, but you know, any career could seem extraordinarily boring to to somebody on the outside, which is why I would love to hear like, what is it about accounting that drew you in? Because clearly, you wanted to do it. It's not like you fell into the job. <laughs> like you did a lot of schooling for it. You got your master's too. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, I I was like super crazy. Like um, when I was in high school, I actually took like accounting classes when I was in high school, and for some reason, I. Love I- that. I I I just loved just how there was rules for things and I just like how things were. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this this works. It looks like it's a good paying uh, you know, uh career, so I'll do that. So um I I I did that. It took me about uh six years uh for me to do, you know, my undergrad and then masters and then another year to study for the CPA and pass it. Um, but funny enough, honestly, now I don't even use my CPA. Um Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't do I don't do taxes. I don't really do auditing. I do, but I don't Um, what I do for, you know, my nine to five is, um, I do like government accounting. Um, I do, uh, well, government auditing. Um, I, I kind of, um, look at like Medicaid, um, providers and make sure that they're doing what they need to do and just all of that type of stuff. So honestly, I don't even use my CPA other than I, you know, fast track to promotions because of that <laughs> you know what that's that's so funny i i forgot that you you do uh in my research i found out that you do process medicaid claims or like you do medicaid maybe not process claim but you do medicaid stuff yeah and worked for a couple of healthcare organizations that i'm familiar with which i thought was cool so my nine to five day job is i'm a healthcare journalist for nice. um the advisory board daily briefing and so i'm i'm pretty familiar with uh some of the health systems and stuff that or one of the ones you work for hca yep um but yeah that's so that's funny you went through all that to get your cpa and you don't even 
use it. <laughs> I, 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 I really don't. It, 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 yeah, I, 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 I did taxes and um, like financial statement auditing for about four years. And it absolutely killed me because it's awful and no one should ever, ever do it. Um, and I got out there. I'm just like, I can't do this. I can't make this my life. And it's not anymore. And the best decision ever made. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, that's always great to hear. That's we so- always. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, were you always like a numbers type person, though? Did you always yeah, that's, gravitate actually, that that's, way? That's pretty much what I was going to ask. Is it, the, is it like the numbers that uh, yeah. that draws you in? That's you just right. like numbers? I, 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 I really do. It's it's numbers and just everything about that that kind of drew me into that side. You know, I can all I can kind of get the idea of like with numbers, like everything makes sense. Like, yep. a, you know, numbers, they, numbers don't lie. You, you know, you do math a certain way. Math always comes out the exact same way every time. I could definitely see how, like, for a certain type of person, a job that involves so much math, like, like accounting is almost comforting mm-hmm. because it's sort of like, like the world is crazy and life is unpredictable, but these numbers will never change. And yeah. they make sense, and I can just like kind of take comfort in that. So I, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of get that. That is that is that kind of what it is for you? Oh, it it definitely is. Like I always say, numbers, like you said, numbers don't lie. One plus one will always be two, no matter who you're talking to. So does that? I, I have to imagine that translates over to baseball in many ways. Um, like how my how my love of numbers like moved over, like how it translated to to baseball. If you always, I mean, whether it's numbers, like your actual job, math, there's like things you, there are things in common there. You know, I'm sure there are things. I think, well, so like there's, there's so much math and numbers in baseball. Like, I mean, so much I found, I'm not a math person and yet I've like had to learn so much math because I want to write statistical based uh, fantasy baseball articles. So it is is that and i i love all the advanced statistics of baseball it's one of the things i love most about baseball is that kind of like where you're at with baseball too is that like one of the things that draws you in um it, it used to be i mean some of the math and statistics nowadays um just boggle my mind and i'm just like i just can't um but i mean i used to be like an uber nerd and i i i love excel and i used to like have like massive spreadsheets that had like all these stats and I'd have all these formulas and I could just like type in a name and put in my rosters and just see everything and see where things are going up and down. Um, so maybe I'm just like an Excel nerd and I just like that type of stuff that like really, really brought me into like a lot of the fantasy stuff. Um, but I mean, I'd be, I've, I've been a baseball fan for, uh, for a while. So I, it was kind of like numbers plus, you know, the sport that I love that, really drew me in that that makes that makes a lot of sense that's i the statistics are definitely one of the aspects i love about baseball but it's not the thing i love the most but we will get to your love of baseball (laughs) in a little bit because that is definitely that's going to be a whole a whole section of this podcast because we definitely i very much want to talk about that but there are a couple other things specific to you shelly that i would like to talk about one of the first things i want to talk about Mm -hmm. is you are a baker. I am. You are based on your Instagram. 
which I which I just found and followed today. Nice. You are really good, Baker. Thank you. <laughs> you are. I don't know, Zach. I don't know if you've seen her Insta, but not, oh not my Insta, god, Insta person. Like, well, whatever. Too too cool for Instagram. No, okay. no, that was my way of saying I don't have an Insta. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. <laughs> too cool to sign up for Insta. Uh, I got it. Whatever. Oh, maybe I should to to find these delicious so, baked Shelly, goods. I love her, them, so. Her Instagram profile is like loaded with some incredible looking uh, creations. Uh, it, is baking something you've always kind of like been into? Do you have any like baking tips? I, I love to bake. I have never baked anything close to what you have baked. Uh, I, I baked like my first pecan pie like this fall and I was mm. thrilled that it actually turned out okay. Uh, but do you is it has has baking always kind of been a big part of your life or has this been kind of a recent you know pandemic thing um it it really has been um really a part of my life for a while um i would um every christmas i would always go over to my grandma's house and bake cookies um and then easter you know we do kind of things there and it was just um and even when i would just be over at her house uh, we would always bake desserts together. So it was like a really kind of like family thing. Um, but then like once I, uh, you know, graduated college, um, you know, I got married to my husband. Uh, he's a big sweets person. I'm like, well, maybe I'll kind of dabble with, you know, baking here and there. And then I got addicted um, <laughs> with all of these new recipes and techniques and just whatever. And it kind of ballooned from there. Um, maybe I have a little bit of an addictive personality where once I find something, I just like totally just go all in. I mean, that's why I'm obsessed with baseball. I'm obsessed with baking. Um, and I just always try to just, yeah, I got obsessed with it and now I can't stop. Um, so it's every, every weekend I'm doing something. Wow. That's what's, yeah. do you have a favorite thing to bake? Like, do you have something mm. you consistently are baking a lot of? Uh, um, I guess maybe my favorite thing to do are cakes because I can be a little bit creative, like with the decorations and stuff. Um, yeah. So I guess it's cakes. Um, and then of course, every Thanksgiving it's, um, you know, it's uh pie night, right. Where I bake like five, six pies for Thanksgiving. Oh so, my God, that many! Yeah, I. Pies I, I are mean, a lot of work. That's... They they are, but uh, pies are my absolute favorite thing to eat. Uh, when I used to eat uh, sweets, pies were my thing. Um, so, do you no longer eat sweets? I don't. I don't eat anything that I bake. Okay, that's tough. I kind of want to. I kind of want to dive into that a little bit because, yeah. first of all. I, I, first of all, I, I, I want to <laughs> like, ask. I mean, I yeah, don't. What is I don't. I don't make things that I don't want to eat. So like, <laughs> it's I mean, got to so be tough. I have done that before. When so, whenever my family is big into baking too, and the Saturday yeah. after Thanksgiving, my whole mom's side of the family gets together and we have a cookie baking day where we yes. all get together and we bake like a thousand cookies. And one of the things I always do is I always bake chocolate chip cookies, and then I bake a really weird cookie. Like I Google weird cookie recipes i've baked like i baked a peanut butter cookie with ketchup in it um that turned out pretty decent it was actually just kind of creamy i did like kicking you out of here for that one (laughs) (laughs) it sounds awful 
my entire family was like, oh, God, you're putting ketchup in the cookie dough. And I'm like, oh, we'll see what happens. And and you don't taste the ketchup at all. It just makes it a peanut butter cookie that's kind of like uh, creamy. So it, it actually turned out well. But that is the only time I have ever baked something that I didn't want to eat. Because I was like, I just want to bake something <laughs> weird just, and just, somebody else just, try this. Just the knowledge that it was the ketchup doing that would make it really unappealing. <laughs> you, so that's why you, you don't don't ask how the hot dog cookie is made. Uh, <laughs> but but I I want to I I want to know. So first of all, why why did you stop eating sweets? I'm curious about that. Mm-hmm. And second, so you I mean you must just love you must just love baking. Like it's not about like half the time I bake chocolate chip cookies because I just want a chocolate chip cookie. And I love homemade chocolate chip cookies, but uh, and baking is like a necessary evil to get there. Yeah, <laughs> but you must just love the process of baking. So what happens to all these cakes and stuff? Is your husband like eating like entire cakes and pies? Like you're baking every weekend. <laughs> what happened? Like, yeah, I mean, I I went through a kind of a very very healthy eating phase after I graduated, um, college to where, you know, um, I just like cut out sweets and meat and everything. And I mean, I still don't eat sweets and I still don't eat meat, but I've kind of been a little bit more lax when it comes to my healthy eating or different eating. I don't know if it's healthy, but whatever. (laughs) Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's really just the, the process of baking that I love. And also when you give someone a cupcake or a cake and the look of appreciation and love and just, oh, that is really what I like. So the process of baking and just the look um, that, that people get. Well, you know, that's, that's actually a great point because when you, you bake a pie for somebody, you bake a cake for someone and you mm-hmm. give that to them. That means a lot. Well, it's like because I think most of us, for those of us who don't bake, we think like, wow, like a lot of time and effort like went into that. Like that is obviously meaningful because like I would have that would have taken me all afternoon and blown up my entire kitchen. So right. And and the fact that you feels important. You did that and you're not eating it yourself. Yeah. You bake something that is difficult to make and absolutely delicious Mm -hmm. and you're giving it away. So yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I had one, one more question I wanted to ask about that, though. Um, I don't I do bake sometimes like that's a pandemic thing, as Ben kind of hinted at for me. Make a mean hollow now. But uh, <laughs> but the reason I don't bake very much is because I'm not big on like ratios and stuff. Like, as I said, I'm not a numbers person. I'm much more of a freewheeler, which is why I just love cooking in general. But the like precision of baking it's not for me, but for somebody like it doesn't matter what kind of cooking you're doing. If you do enough of it, uh, you know, not not everything goes right necessarily. So I'm, I'm just curious if you have any like disaster stories that's, uh, <laughs> that are particularly memorable to you or they might be funny for one reason or another. <laughs> anything uh, like that. Yeah, like the, it was a couple of years ago, but the first time that I tried to make uh, macaroons, um, oh, it, those, are those it, it went very interesting. Um it, 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 I, I still managed to make them, but I filled my little paste, my pastry bag way too full. So I'm trying to close the pastry bag and then all of it comes out. And I've, my husband knows that I have a potty mouth and he knows how well the baking is going, 
whether how many French words are coming out of the kitchen. Oh my God. There were so many F-bombs coming out of the kitchen as you know, macaron <laughs> dough is coming out. And I was just like, I was so pissed off. Oh uh, my so, God. Yes. That, that, um, that still, we, I, I still laugh. That. <laughs> that would have been so much fun to like be around and hear it happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, that's hilarious! Sounds like something out of Ratatouille or something, like that, you know, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny, Zach. You bring up the you you prefer cooking to baking. I am the exact opposite for the exact opposite reason you gave, which is I love that baking is very much like a mathematical equation. Mm-hmm. Like it's a cup of this, half a cup of this, tablespoon of that. Put it in the oven, and it comes out. With cooking all the time, it's just like, you know, no, add a little bit of salt. Like, like anxiety attack is when a recipe says a pinch of salt. I'm like, how much is a pinch? And like, you know, a pinch. I'm like, I don't know. Or like season to taste. I don't know. Like, what do I, what do I do? Like, I just, it may taste good to me, but to everybody else, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of that develops, at least it did for me, like just living by myself too. Sure. Um, or being in college and cooking a lot when you're not cooking for other people so you can afford to mess around and experiment with stuff and be like, if this sucks, it's only for me. And then I go to McDonald's, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> um, and then you learn yeah, and then sense. you're better at it the next time. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that's so that's the thing. Cooking is always giving me I, I try to cook a lot, but it does give me a little bit of anxiety because it's not there's this like baking. There's you never process. know. You, you really never know sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There have been so many times where I've been like cooking and it just comes out like crap because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But Shelly, uh, I, I would like to ask next question. You have a dog. You have multiple dogs, as mm-hmm. I recall. Correct? I have two. Two. Dos perros. Um, yes. Perros is Spanish for dog. I hope I didn't just say horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember. I haven't done Duolingo in a long time. Um, so tell tell us a little bit about your dogs. You um, tweet out pictures of your dogs very frequently. Yeah. They seem like very good boys. And, uh, and their, their names especially. Yes. Is, tell us about their names. Where, yeah. Where did you get I love them? it. I love it. Yeah. I, I, am, I am a proud um, dog mom. So I probably tweet uh, way too many pictures of them. I have two I French books. I have two French bulldogs. Um, the the older one, his name is Orsillo, um, because of you know the great Don Orsillo who used to do Red Sox broadcast, and then you know Nesson was stupid and fired him. But now he's in San Diego, so he's probably in a much better place. Um, and then I have our little quarantine puppy that we got him right before COVID really shut things down. His name is Soto. So it's Orsillo and Soto. I love them so much. Are they both, they're both bulldogs? Yes. Yeah. They're both uh, French bulldogs. Yeah. I love bulldogs. They like, so never had a bulldog, but I, I, uh, my friend's mom had two bulldogs and I just love like, they're little, like they're little, like fat little bodies. Mm-hmm. They just kind of waddle along. Like it sounds like a tuba should be playing behind them as they walk. And they just, <laughs> yeah. And they're just, they're so goofy. So the one that my friend's mom had, the older one was blind, 
Mm-hmm. Which was which was sad, but also funny because this this little pudgy little bulldog would then just like run into walls. <laughs> so would just it would just be like, bump, 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 and just terrible, slam into a but, wall. Terrible, but I don't think he could not. Oh laugh my at god, it, it was the funniest thing. Well, because <laughs> as long the as it's like time, not being harmed or anything. No, no, no. It was just like it would just lightly like boom. Like and and the whole time it's got that happy bulldog face where it's like panting and just like oh whoopsie daisy, <laughs> and it would like be in your way and it you'd be like oh oh I need to go around you like because it's just it doesn't know where it is. It was the funniest thing, but yeah, that's bulldogs are the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're 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 really good. Except except Soto gets a little bit too excitable. Um, I think we need to, um, you know, once me and my husband are fully, you know, got our vaccinations and all that stuff, um, we probably need to take him to training because he's a little uh, rambunctious. Because um, it, it really sucked because I mean, we got him in March and we couldn't really socialize him with anything, it, it, with anybody or whatever. Um, so yeah, he he's he's a little crazy. Like he's like a little Napoleon. Like he's very he very small, but he thinks that he's huge. Um, because I mean, like the last time we took him to a Frenchie meetup, we have a Frenchie meetup every month um, here in 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 Richmond. Um, he decided that he was uh, big enough and strong enough to go into the big dog park. So he he um, was trying to chase dogs right across the fence and then one of these big dogs decided to bark at him and he was like oh hell no i you know i i'm going to i'm going to rip you apart um so he managed to like get under the fence and started chasing like this big dog right and of course the big dog is like what are you doing and started to yeah so my poor husband had to like jump over the fence to to rescue him because he's a little little napoleon he thinks he's 10 feet tall and bulletproof that's hilarious. I yeah. <laughs> little dogs are always like that. Oh, you gotta love them. You gotta love them for it. So, um, to to not to to stick too much on the names though, which I really do love. I just want to know because uh, those are those are great names. But they were they the first ones that came to your head, or were there other like considerations involved potentially? <laughs> yeah. So with the first one, so with Orsillo, uh, we we had a hard time. Me and my husband had a hard time figuring out what his name should be because we were like, okay, this is our first dog, but we wanted to be baseball really. But so we were just kind of like going back and forth. And we, you know, we were watching a, a, a Red Sox game and Orsillo's being himself and quirky and <laughs> we're laughing at him. I'm like, why don't we just name him Orsillo? And it was just like, Oh, that works. Um, when you yep. know, you know, when you know, you know, um, and then when it came to Soto, um, I kind of gave my husband a little bit of a, a break there because I mean, uh, he he's a he's a Nationals fan, so I'm like, okay, we should probably give you know have our next dog be a Nationals kind of baseball fan name. And <laughs> Why did I think he was a Reds fan? Because he writes about Reds prospects. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's yeah. It, it's very confusing. Uh, he he's a Nationals fan, but writes about the Reds. So, whatever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Hey, that's uh, I the Nats are sort of like my second team because I'm nice. uh, in Maryland. So, you yeah. know, with the, them being in the NL, there's no reason I can't root for the Nats and the Orioles unless they're playing each other in the World Series. Exactly. Yeah. What a World Series that'll be! One day. Exactly. 
<laughs> when pigs happen. fly. When yeah, pigs right. fly. Oh my god! A Washington professional sports team succeeding. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they oh, did. not not like the one that just. Won I, know, the I, know, uh, I know. I know. That was a fluke. Look, ago. that was yeah. a fluke. That was a Luke's fluke. count. I know they. I know they you did. got a banner. Look, I I I have grown up around Washington football team fans. I have grown up as a Wizards fan. So I am very familiar yeah, with the yeah, pain of being a coming. Washington sports fan. Though again, and then you know, there's the Cavs. Got the Cavs, though. You got the, the Cavs. Stanley Cup, yeah. So there is that. But yeah, that's valid. At, so that's valid. That, this is this is a good this is a good pivot to baseball. You have mentioned uh, a few times this, and I so I, I want to dive into this. You are a Red Sox fan. Yes. As far as I'm aware from our conversation, you neither grew up in. Or near Boston. So, yeah. why are you a Red Sox fan? And I don't want that to sound like, as I was saying it out loud, it sounded like I was questioning your fandom and being like, you have no business being a Red Sox fan. <laughs> Justify that to me. Not what I was saying at all. I'm just curious. Like, <laughs> why are you a Red Sox fan? Uh, yeah, honestly, um, it is only because of one person, and it's Pedro Martinez. That's, uh, okay. I mean, Oh, that's such a great coincidence that I happen to have his jersey hanging over my shoulder right now. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I definitely. This is a Montreal that. jersey, but <laughs> that is yeah. actually a complete and total coincidence. That's been there for like two weeks now. I <laughs> did not do like super freaking psyops research or something. That would be <laughs> so, uh, so you because well, I so did do were... that. Like when Chris Towers was on, I had the Jose Fernandez jersey back there. Like I usually try to make it slightly thematic sometimes. That so. makes sense. That makes sense. So you were a Pedro Pedro fan, and that made you a Red Sox fan, basically. What was it about Pedro? Um, well, I mean, I grew up as an Atlanta Braves fan. Like my entire family are uh, Braves fans. Um, and it was one Saturday morning. I was watching like Saturday morning, like whatever the Saturday baseball game is on like Fox or whatever. And it was a Red Sox and Seattle Mariners game. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch this. I have nothing else to do. Um, and he, I think he struck out either 12 or 13 of Mariners that day. And I was just mesmerized by just him and his ability, his change up, just everything. Um, so at, you know, I was probably 11 or 12 at that point. And yeah, I, that's when I became a Red Sox fan. It broke my family's heart and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> was there like an announcement that you made? Was it a like very clean cut or did you kind of just gradually gravitate? It, it was a clean cut. It was a clean uh, cut because at that brave. time, I, 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 I mean, at that time, I was like kind of, sort of, like into like baseball cards. So I'm just mm. like, oh, mom, take me, take, take me to the card shop. I need to get all the Pedro cards. And yeah, so oh, man, ever, the, the Braves were pretty good, like really good, a hundred percent. Yeah, my, my like it's not like you were ditching a crappy team to like be a Red Sox fan. You were doing the opposite. You were ditching a really good team for a crappy team. <laughs> yep, it's all because of Pedro. <laughs> and my mom was like, "What? Why? Why do you? You know, why do you want you know to get Pedro cards? Like nothing against him. Like he's a really good pitcher, but why you want Pedro? Don't you want like Chipper Jones cards?" And I'm like, "Well, no. I, I I'm a Red Sox fan now, Mom. And yeah. So ever since then, it's it's just been straight up Red Sox. So just blame Pedro and a really really bad Mariners team." <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, you know, I'm glad though that it's not like, well, once they were won the World Series, I was kind of like, man, sure, I'll be a Red Sox fan. Like, <laughs> I was gonna you say, were, you really that's a yeah. great return on investment that you got there. If you were like oh a God, Braves yeah. fan up until that point and then kind of like flipped it around, that's a real you picked your spots beautifully. <laughs> yes, I did, yeah. I really did, yeah. Yeah, because you're looking at, an, like I said, an Orioles fan, and you're looking at a White Sox fan. So, like, we've been – it's been a rough go. I mean, he's got a World Series at least in the past decade. Uh, wait, wait. Decade? No. Oh, God, no. 20 years. 2005. 20 years. 20 years. Which I, I will – I think, you're, wow. I think you're, you're the first Red Sox fan we, uh, we have on here, so I do have to air the gripe that we did actually wait longer for a World Series Although you weren't like a lifelong Red Sox fan, so I guess it's kind of like out the window at this point either. So now I just you know that's true. Old but you didn't have some. Cloud, but, uh, you didn't have some dumb curse. I, I didn't make. No, I you know it, but it's I didn't make the brave decision to like you know switch my fandom against the entire current of my family in the middle of my childhood and then get rewarded for it. So God, I can't. I can't even imagine if I told my parents. I'm if I said I was gonna be a Cubs fan. fan, if I had said I was gonna be a Cubs fan, like I'd be on the streets, man. Like, Dude, <laughs> if I had told my parents, like if I had told my parents, like oh, I want to be like, you know, I want to be a Diamondbacks fan, they'd be like, okay, <laughs> whatever. But if I had been like, oh, I want to be a Red Sox fan or like a Yankees fan, they would have been like, well, you're not our son anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like just, oh my god, that that yeah. I can't. Yeah, that. I mean, that's that's tough to go. Like when your whole family's super into baseball and super into one team, to then sit there and be like, "I'm not a fan of that team," because that's that's where like everybody gets their fandom from. Is like, you grew up, you know, this is the the team that my family always liked, and that's where we're from, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So wow, that's. And you've been a Red Sox fan ever since. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's. Uh... Yeah, it's just like all Red Sox, but it's like really good. Like whenever they do play, uh, like the Red Sox and in the Braves, is a lot of trash talking in the family, and I absolutely love it. So, do you have so, a favorite Red Sox player who's not Pedro? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I I am curious. Um, it's, I assume Pedro is your favorite Red Sox player. Yes, and then it's probably uh Pedroia, and then Xander Bogarts. Ooh, good choice. I was almost I was expecting you to say Manny. I really was. Yeah, he's he's okay, but I I don't know. It's um yeah, it's definitely Petey because I loved like how intense and how he just wanted to win all the time. Um and then now with Bogarts, he's just oh, he's just like chef's kiss so good. He's just so oh. He's so good. So yeah, and he, he doesn't necessarily get quite as much national and media attention as you would have thought for like a star shortstop for the Red Sox. But I feel like he is one of those guys where in seven, eight, nine years you're going to look back and be like, this dude is yeah, low key been. Oh, Pedroia. I don't. You know, I feel he's like a legend. Never, yeah, I feel like Pedroia never got the attention he deserved either, especially like in fantasy. Pedroia was always the really boring guy to draft because he never. He never had flashing numbers, but he always mm-hmm. had very good numbers. Yeah. Like he would he would go 15-15 and bat 300, which is great. But like in in fantasy it's not like, you know, uh, incredible. So I would always I would always end up with like Pedroia in fantasy because he would fall super low in drafts because he just wasn't exciting. But I'm like end of the year, he's going to get me a lot of stuff. Like he's going to get me a lot of runs, plenty of RBIs. 
enough power, enough speed, a great average. Like he's everything that I want. And I'm going to get him in like the 11th round because he's not exciting or something. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of segs nicely into, into the main, I guess this is our main question usually. So it sounds sure. like, it sounds like you come from like a baseball watching family and a family that is very deeply into baseball. So I, I assume that's, you know, kind of in your blood a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But what what is it about baseball, like at its core that you love that makes it different from the other sports? If uh, you had to pick anything out, like why you you changed your fandoms in the middle of your childhood, why didn't you switch to basketball or football or, you know? I uh, think like that. What is it? What is it about baseball that makes it just so, so great for you? Oh, geez. I, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I guess it's just, it's there every day for you. It's, it's on every day. Um, it's, I, I, I love how competitive um, it is. Honestly, it's, basically pitching. I love pitching. I could just watch any, any type of, I just don't understand how people can do what they can do with a, with a ball and how it could move and all that. Give me a pitching. I I cannot nod harder. Like that is pitching is my favorite thing. I firmly believe that pitching is like the, the most artistic expression of, of base of sports. Like there's a, there's a lot of things in sports that I think are are like art. I think a a beautifully executed alley oop in basketball can can be like art. I think uh you know an incredible deep pass in football that's caught right at the right spot for a touchdown that can be art. But man, pitching is just like watching you know. Uh, good pitchers it's like watching picasso just constantly painting masterpieces over and over again watching like clayton kershaw pitch and it's just like to to take this this weird little ball of like cork and and yarn or whatever is in it i don't think it's yarn whatever <laughs> whatever's in a baseball sure i'm pretty sure yeah it's sure cork and yarn and stitching and just to take this little this ball and to make it do the things that it does it's incredible like how do I don't know how people hit things. That's that's why like man when when people complain about pace of play in baseball and they're like strikeouts are at an all time high. Boo! I'm like, are you kidding me? I love that. I can push I back see on that a so little many bit. Strikeouts. I can, I, I can push back on that a little bit. It would I'm take sure. an entire episode, I, but you know, I, 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 get I, it. I, get I know it. I do. I do see what you're saying, though. I do absolutely see what you're saying, and I think there's something about baseball in particular when you you guys talk about it like that, where you think about it as opposed to football or basketball or or hockey or soccer or most other sports. And it's really one of the only sports where there is not any like physical like person to person actual mano a mano like mm-hmm. competition there. So. There's an aspect of it that's a little different where it's like you could be like you can't someone who is like, I don't know, a defensive lineman who is has 150 pounds in some fantasy worlds on an offensive lineman is going to win 10 times out of 10. But it's not necessarily just about physicality. You know, there's right. um, right. There's I mean, not to say that there's not incredible amounts of nuance and finesse to to other sports as well. But I think the degree like the amount the the huge amount of importance that finesse has in baseball makes like i think makes some of those moments a little different where you're just like i don't understand how right. i could like well possibly i mean like how, how many times have like we that? seen incredible athletes 
play baseball and do nothing. Like these these prospects who are like they're incredible athletes, but they end up doing nothing. If you're an incredible athlete and you know how to play football, you can kind of like fall into a job and a how ha- I mean Tim Tebow kind of like fell into he was an incredible athlete. He was not a good quarterback, <laughs> but he kind of like fell into the job and like fell into a little bit of success just because of his pure athleticism. And I think you can get that a bit in basketball too, but yeah, you're right in baseball. I mean, there's, there's so many guys who are incredible athletes who end up doing nothing because athleticism only gets you so far. You're a super fast well, guy. Well, you can't steal first base, you know, and no other sport could have a Bartolo alone. I don't no, think. you're yeah. absolutely right. Unless you count like bowling as a sport. <laughs> but like, shout out the uh, the absolutely... retirement of the great Pete Weber. By the way, um, <laughs> if that's on anybody's radar, he did retire recently. <laughs> I I know what those two names mean separately, but together they mean nothing to me. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You could never have Bartolo Cologne be like win win an award. Uh, for the best of his position, <laughs> like you want to Cy Young. Anyways, we Zach and I just went on a little rant about why we love baseball. <laughs> Shelly, why do you love baseball? So we can talk about why we love baseball. But I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's definitely the pitching, but then it also is um, a one-on-one sport. I mean, you got the pitcher and the hitter, but then it's also a team sport as well. I think it it really blends both of the team sport and individual sports together. Cause another sport that I really like to watch is tennis and that's a very one-on-one sport. Um, but the only, the only, the only other sport that I watch is baseball. And that just brings in team and um, individual, you know, mono mono mm-hmm. uh, sport. And it's just, I, I just, I just love, just love it all. There's, there's a it made me think of it as an old Daniel Tosh joke where he's like ragging on baseball and he says, God forbid you ever attend a no hitter because then you just watch two men grown men play catch together for two hours. <laughs> and and yeah, that's that's what it, it when you're pitcher to hitter, that is one on one. But as soon as that ball is hit, then the whole team has to work together. And the whole team has to work together to provide some offense. You can have, you know, Q Jacob deGrom. You can have a dominant pitcher, but if he doesn't get any run support, <laughs> you know, great. He, he gives up one run every game for the rest of the year. He probably wins the Cy Young. And uh, but if his team never scores, <laughs> you know, nothing you do. So, yeah, that's that's actually so you've brought up two aspects about baseball that that I never really thought about that. I love I love that. Uh, that that's why you love baseball. <laughs> That's awesome. That's that's a fantastic answer. Nice. Thank you so much for that. I love it. Um, have you as as a Red Sox fan? So, since you're not a Boston native, it wouldn't surprise me if it was difficult for you to get to Fenway. I assume you have been to Fenway. Yes. No. You've never been to Fenway. No. Uh, my husband and I were planning on going the summer of 2020. So. Oh uh, no. Yep. So. Once things calm down, that is on our bucket list uh, yeah, to go to. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything like you're really looking forward to seeing in particular, or are you just going to like 
like I, bask in the entire experience. Yeah. I, I've told Rudy, I hope that I just don't like absolutely cry whenever I actually <laughs> see the stadium because I mean, I've been a fan for so long and I've just like obsessed with this, this team and I've never actually been to Fenway. So I'm like, I hope I don't, you know, embarrass him by doing oh something stupid. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> spend like a weekend there and go to like a whole weekend yeah, series. of hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I've never been to Fenway. I've always wanted to go. It's, you know, it's a bucket list. I mean, one day I want to go to every ballpark, but Fenway is definitely top of the list. Yeah. Um, how many, how many ballparks have you been to? Um, I've been to three. Um, so I've been to Nats park Camden. Uh, makes sense. Um, and then I've also been to progressive field in Cleveland Oh uh, yeah, I went to um the the futures game I think in hmm. 2019, um uh, when they were having like their all star stuff. Um yeah, yeah, so I've been to three. Yeah, I've I've heard great things about Progressive Field. I uh, my family went there and they they really liked it. I was very impressed with that. I didn't really really know what to expect. I'm like, okay, we're going to Cleveland. Uh, okay, it, I'm sure it's a fine <laughs> park. Um, but yeah, I was very impressed with it. It was very nice. It looks really nice on the outside. I think Cleveland kind of gets a little bit of a bad rap. I've driven past Progressive Field on the highway on I-80 going like east and west multiple times. And it always looks really – and I've been like stuck in traffic there a couple times and really kind of got the window out. Well, there like, was also you know the <laughs> stadium before Progressive was absolute trash. It was uh, – I you know one of my coworkers a few years ago was a huge Cleveland fan. And I once referenced – I once called the stadium the mistake by the lake and he got really mad at me. Like he got – What a great nickname though. I love that nickname. That he was so actually clever. offended. <laughs> I have heard. So my my parents went to that was Jacobs Field. Is that what it was called? That was what it was. I think yeah. initially called. Yeah. Um. My parents went there. I I went there when I was like four. I don't remember it, but my parents and I went there when I was very little. And my dad, my entire life, ragged on the field. Just say like it was just the worst. It's absolute crap. Like he would be, that and like Tropicana. He would just like rag as the two worst fields in baseball. And so I, I I don't remember ever being there, so I have I have no idea if it was wonderful <laughs> or terrible. <laughs> but I just know it had the a reputation for being terrible. Right. But I have heard Progressive is really cool. Yeah. And how amazing is Camden Yards? Right, right. I just love the it. best. I just love it. Objectively, the best like top five ballpark in the United States. I will. You know what? I will. The people who say that PNC might be better or that AT and or Oracle now. San Francisco maybe better or San Diego as well. Okay. I I've seen, never been. I've seen pictures. They do look pretty incredible. But man, Camden Yards is the best. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah, I, I I love it too. I mean, uh I guess maybe I love it so much. Um <laughs> my husband and I we spent our uh, honeymoon in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. Did you get some good Baltimore food, like some good Baltimore seafood? Well, I didn't eat meat at the time, but he did. He did. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, because, uh, yeah, vegetarian. So I sure, just sure, eat sure. it. That makes sense. But, uh, but he did. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, we, yeah, we, we did a, a, a baseball honeymoon. We, um, the Red Sox and Baltimore were playing in Baltimore. So we hit some games there. And then we went down to DC to catch the Nats and Mets. And that was our honeymoon. 
Uh, you were one of those people in Camden Yards, the Red Sox fans who come to the Baltimore Red Sox fans and overwhelm yep. Camden. <laughs> yes. Like, man, I my my parents and my brother were at the Red Sox Orioles game where Manny hit his 500th home run, Ooh. and they said they have never heard Camden Yards that loud. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like they just. So the Orioles used to do this thing where, you know how obviously seventh inning stretch in Fenway, they play Sweet Caroline. Mm-hmm. Well, the Orioles used to do this thing when during Red Sox games, they thought it'd be funny to like razz on the Red Sox fans by playing starting Sweet Caroline during the seventh inning stretch and then having like a record scratch and like, no, we're not doing that here. And then going into, thank God I'm a country boy, which is uh, whatever dumb reason, the Camden Yards tradition during the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> Um, and so Manny hits his 500th home run right before the seventh inning stretch and Camden Yards is going insane. I mean, the place is shaking because there's so many Red Sox fans. This is the Orioles are terrible. So there's no Orioles fans there. And they go into the seventh inning stretch and Camden Yards does this pretend sweet Caroline thing. Well, the Red Sox fans don't care that there was a record scratch moment because they're like, oh, my God, sweet. So everyone's singing Sweet Caroline and freaking out because Manny hit his 500th home run. And my parents said it was one of the most disgusting things I've ever witnessed. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were just sitting there like arms folded, just like so angry, which I would have, too. Had I been there, I was I was supposed to. Have been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, totally to fair. I would have been so, I would have been like, I hate this. I've been shouting at people like, you all suck. Manny's overrated. You know, whatever. Oh, like, you're such a hater. Uh, no. I, let, so, let me tell you, I, I, Shelly, you are wonderful and I, and I love you. But mm-hmm. if there is one team, if I had to pick between Red Sox and Yankees, I hate them both. I will pick the Yankees a hundred times out of a hundred because there is no team in baseball I hate more than the Red Sox. That has nothing to, like Shelly, you are wonderful, and so are Reds. There are plenty of Red Sox fans that I love, but man, do I hate the Red Sox so, so, so much. I mean, our fandom doesn't really uh, uh, make us look great. It does does not help. It really doesn't. So I I understand. The whole Adam Jones thing kind of added fuel to Uh, the fire. 100%. That was tough. It was real bad. And then, I mean, look, sometimes the Boston thing can be endearing. Like a couple days ago, the Orioles Red Sox game. Not not the not the racism. The racism is not endearing. Oh, no, 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 that's not what I was. I, I knew that's not what you meant. I knew that's not what you meant. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. having having come from the greater New England area like roughly six months ago. I was just a little bit of the idea of it. The endearing, like, is it? Is it? Yeah, the, uh, the, I'm, I'm the funny thing. So, like, though, the example. So the example I'm going to give is a couple days ago, the Orioles are playing the Red Sox. Fenway's mostly empty. Matt Harvey's pitching, and there's a guy who is just shouting, Hey, Harvey, you suck! The entire game. And it made me laugh. But the thing that made me laugh so much is Harvey comes out, Adam Plutko comes in, and immediately, as soon as Plutko takes the mound, you hear, Hey, Plutko, you suck too! <laughs> I just died that he was just like, I gotta let him know. I gotta tell him it's not just Harvey. All of them suck. I gotta let him know. And then like Trey Mancini's up and the pitch comes in and as it crosses the plate, the guy just goes, ah, like shouts to try and distract Mancini. And then he just starts shouting like Mancini. 
I think there is a similar character Hilarious. at the White Sox Angels game series. I think there's just a lot of because there's so fewer people in the crowds. I think you can just pick up hecklers. Um, oh man, but it so, just like it was such a Boston thing, and it made me laugh so. That's hard. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can hear it. I can hear it for sure. So you were at Progressive Field a couple years ago for the Futures game, which is super cool. Um, which I always enjoyed watching, but that also brings up, so you are a prospects person first and foremost, maybe not first and foremost. I don't know. Um, you can, uh, <clears throat> that is the that thing you are known for. I would, I would say if any, if anybody knows um, you, it's for feel, prospects, free, feel again, feel free to feel free. Please contest that. If that, if you feel that is not the case, but, uh, I'm, you do great work with prospects and like your depth of knowledge. I think we were talking about it. This is actually how you might've come up on the last po- podcast. Is it like the depth of knowledge that you prospect people have is really, truly incredible. So um, I want to ask like how that came about and like what you enjoy about the prospect part of baseball specifically uh, and all that good stuff. Like, what does that mean to you? Oh yeah. I mean, that's how I really got into writing uh, to begin with. I mean, I used to, you know, uh, uh, you know, just play, you know, just a few like 10 team, like fantasy baseball leagues. Um, and then I'm like, you know what, there's, uh, really no, um, women, uh, writing or podcasting and I'm tired of listening to men, no offense. Um, so I'm like, you know what, (laughs) I'm going to give this a try, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, start something. So, there was a site um, pr- uh, called Prospects 1500 that was like looking for writers. And I'm like, okay, I'll give this a try. Um, so I got assigned the the Nationals beat. And I'm like, okay. So then I really started to really dig into, to, you know, obviously the Nationals farm system. And I'm like, wow, there is like so much more baseball, right? Um, so this is like really cool. I could just watch even more baseball. I can like know more players and just all this other stuff. And, uh, it just kind of like snowballed from there, um, to where it's again, just more players. I mean, I just, just more players, more baseball all the time. Absolutely love it. You can even watch baseball in the winter because you got winter leagues and stuff. So it's like baseball nonstop. Um, so yeah, that's really what I like about the, I guess the prospect scene. Yeah. So that's so, so, so pure. That's, it really just is about the baseball, which is amazing. That is, there's like literally too little of that sometimes in, in in the entire industry. So do you like, I assume you've been to, you haven't been to too many major league parks. Have you been to a lot of minor league games in that case? Or do you just really follow, follow from afar sometimes? Uh, yeah. If if that's the case, that's insanely impressive. I gotta say. Uh, yeah, I, I actually do go to a lot of uh, minor league games. Um, I used to travel for work like around the state of Virginia. So like whenever I was in like some other small town in Virginia and there, I mean, there's quite a few like minor league parks. Well, used to be. Who knows at this point? Because, you know, Norfolk of, Tides, right? Yes, I, I, I've, I've been there many a time. AAA affiliate uh, for the Orioles for anyone who doesn't know. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like whenever I was just kind of like, randomly at a you know hotel just sitting there with nothing to do um i would just you know spend five ten bucks go to a minor league game and just whatever so i've been to many minor league parks around virginia and even though that i'm not traveling um uh even before the pandemic um there is like uh, a minor league park that's like 10 minutes away from me Mm -hmm. that i go to all the time so yeah i i go to a lot of minor league games i love them 
the the thing that the way you uh the reason you came as you know but for anyone who doesn't know the reason you came up in the previous podcast is i was saying that it is so impressive to me that dynasty fantasy writers know so much about so many players like i find it almost overwhelming to know a lot about all the major league players <laughs> and maybe know a tiny bit about some prospects. But the fact that I could probably right now be like, what's your opinion on Bryce Terang's future in the major league baseball? And the fact that you could probably off the cuff, tell me is incredible. You and like Andy Patton who writes for pitcher list, I have asked him on many occasions, like I, I'm in two dynasty leagues. I've been like, hey, I'm really curious. What do you think about this guy? Because I'm thinking about a trade. And just like, man, right off the cuff, he'll just be, yeah, yeah, here's what I think about like the, you know, the Mariners 18th best prospect. <laughs> like just, it is incredible to me. And you are, you are like that as well. And so that has always been like, it's like watching a magician do something incredible. It, it truly is. It's amazing that you have so much knowledge because you also have a ton of knowledge about major league players too. It's not like you're only about prospects. So just kudos to you and every dynasty writer out there, because that just is overwhelming to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to, uh, when it comes to Bryce Terang, like with the the trade of Orlando Arcia today, maybe it kind of ups. Oh, wait, his, what? His... Oh yeah, you didn't hear about that? Yeah, Orlando I've been driving Arcia all traded. day. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe exactly. uh, maybe Bryce Terang's uh, uh, timeline is kind of amplified there. But yeah, I I anyway, uh, I I don't know what is wrong with my brain, um, but whenever I read something or hear something when it comes to a baseball player, it just kind of sticks. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty funny. Like my husband, like whenever he has like a question, like for his, uh, he just restarted playing fantasy baseball this year. So he'll just like spit out a player and, um, I, he'll like, what do you think about X player? And I'll just be like, but just like go off. And he's like, Oh, okay. So he like, he, yeah, it's like pretty funny. Like he'll ask me what's going on with the play before you even look on fan graphs. Um, and usually usually I'm like kind of sort of right. But for some reason, there's like something wrong in my head that it's like a Rolodex. Like if you put a player and his, his, you know, his, you know, tool set, his whatever, it just sticks. And I have an issue. <laughs> no, I think that's amazing. Actually, I I actually have a uh, prospect question. I'm curious what your opinion is. Cause I asked this to Andy and I'm curious. It, this seems like somewhat of a divisive player. Are you a Monte Harrison believer? No. You are not. Neither is he. Man, that makes me feel bad about the trade I made. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked him about it. For some validation here. A little bit. So, so here's the, here, you, you know what? Much. Here, here, I'm going to just take advantage just for my dynasty advice. Here's the trade I made. And Andy said he, he kind of liked it. I traded away uh, Pablo Lopez and Asa Lacey. For Alec Bohm and Monte Harrison. And I needed a third baseman. I had like no third baseman. Well, then that's fair. I mean, I love both of their arms. I mean, I'm a huge fan of pretty much all of the Miami's uh, pitching staff. So I love Pablo. And Ace Lacey is really going to be a dude for Kansas City. 
But I mean, if yeah. you get a third, if I mean, if you really needed a third baseman, Alec Bohm, I mean, you can't really go wrong there. That dude is just going to hit. I'm hoping that the power kind of shows up, but I mean, he's going to be a legit dude. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I like him a lot. It was the Monte Harrison part that kind of like, yeah. I wasn't sure. So I, I had, I guess I have my perspective in my head of like Monte Harrison's prospects from like two years ago. Yeah. Where everyone was like, this dude's going to be like power speed combo is going to be legit. And then I asked Andy about it. I was like, what do you think? He's like, I don't know about Monte Harris. <laughs> I was like, really? Wait, people don't like him now? And this is the thing. With prospects, I'll have an idea on a guy from like a couple years ago or a year ago. And then the I, the thoughts on that prospect will change dramatically over the course of one season. And mm-hmm. to be able to keep up with that on like 100 plus players <laughs> is it's like I said, it's magic. It's magic. So, slight left field question. Um, sorry, I will. I'll give you a second to say anything to that if you would like to before moving on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, slight, related to the left field question, I was just thinking about no, like the, the visiting minor league parks and seeing all of these players that are kind of out of sight, out of mind for most major league baseball fans and for most non fairly hardcore fantasy players, I would say, but for someone who's been to a lot of minor league games, are there any games that you can remember that were just like insane, like great memorable games that are just kind of like out there in the ether that no one really knows about because they're minor league games and something crazy excited happened. Exciting. Excuse me. Um, I guess maybe nothing like too terribly exciting. I just kind of um, remember like some, because I, I just absolutely love pitching. Like there were three pitching performances that will always stick in my mind. Um, one was in 2017 or 18. It was in high a Lynchburg and hmm. uh, Tristan McKenzie was pitching. Uh, yes oh my gosh he was so filthy like I, I I knew of him like you know I knew of him so that's kind of why I went to that game that night but oh my gosh like he was just absolutely disgusting and he was just like just mowing down hitters it was absolutely beautiful um and then in uh 2019 I sat on a three-game series of Casey Mice, Tariq Skubal, and Matt Manning. And I absolutely just fell in love with Skubal and Manning and uh, really moved down Casey Mice. Did he because pitch well today? He pitched today, didn't he? he yeah, he pitched okay. Um, yeah, I, I watched a little bit while I was at work. He was just kind of okay. Yeah, I feel similarly about my eyes, actually, but this is um, not, not a prospects, um, <laughs> not a prospects it is, podcast. It is an, it is an anything podcast. Uh, but yeah, that's true. It is an anything podcast. But um, shoot. Oh, I have, I'm sorry. I totally lost a question I had on the tip of my tongue. So interject with anything. How dare um, you? Um, well, so I was actually going to pivot away from baseball and move a little more to the... Uh, random potpourri of questions that we have uh that's a new one i like that yeah yeah we got all kinds of we got all kinds of good stuff and the first question i want to ask you is a question we have asked every single guest it is the order of operations trifecta 
we want to get your what you do in different things. That's a horrible description of it. But first thing I want to ask you. <laughs> is, we want to, we uh, want to know how you feel about things. Right now. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about things? Say um, words, please. <laughs> when you get dressed, do you put on your socks or your pants first? Um, I put on pants then socks. Okay. That is the that is the correct answer. Yes, I think that's the majority now too, right? It is. It is absolutely the okay. majority. For sure. I the the defense for socks first I have understood uh because many people have said it is outfit dependent. Um but see I'm also a guy I have noticed especially over the like in the summertime I never wear socks. I am just either in the summertime it's flip-flops like 100% of the time. And Maybe if I need to wear not <laughs> well, and if I need to not wear open-toed shoes, it's like I wear boat shoes because I am in Annapolis and I got to maintain a certain kind of look, <laughs> which is boat shoes and flat front shorts and something like something preppy. That's the Annapolis thing. Vineyard vines or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Um, this one I think is might be the most controversial, and that is milk and cereal. In which order, if those are things that you consume, or like if you don't, if you were to have a bowl of cereal and milk, which would you put first? Well, I, I don't eat cereal anymore, but I do make cereal cakes and use cereal milk. Oh. So it's definitely cereal then milk. Okay. It, oh, it's cereal isn't like. Like like the milk that has had cereal soaking in it then goes yeah, into... Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What is cereal milk? Yes, yeah. Cereal milk is basically you pour, you know, milk and cereal and have it kind of like soak for a bit, I guess is the best term. And then you take the cereal out and you put it in the... Um, like I made a Fruit Loop cake the other day. Uh, so you use like basically Fruit Loop milk in your cake and it makes it, you know, oh. uh, taste like... Fruit Loops. So, are you telling me right now, on the sixth of April, twenty twenty one, of the year of our Lord Shelley Verstrait, that you could make potentially a cinnamon toast crunch cake? I've made a cinnamon toast crunch cake. Oh I actually were there shrimp in it? Oh my god! Because, <laughs> because of that, I made a cinnamon toast crunch cake, and I used the cinnamon toast churros that kind of looked like a shrimp tail. So this I had is the like, second time cinnamon toast churros has come up yeah, on this podcast. I, I was literally waiting to say like Jake Seeley's head is exploding cut, I was right say, now. Cut to a shot to of Jake Seeley like doing karate kicks in the air. He that is his. I don't know if you know, but that is Jake's like number two cereal all time. I think it was on his list okay. number two because he 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 said that cinnamon toast crunch is amazing, but it gets soggy in the milk. Mm -hmm. A cinnamon toast churro solves that problem by changing the shape of the cereal so it never gets soggy. So, so did I you never put the churro? Did you put the cereal, like the churro part of the cereal, on the cake and stuff as like a decoration type thing, like on the frosting? Uh, yeah. So on the oh. inside, I made like a uh, cinnamon toast churro crunch. So I uh, baked some cinnamon toast crunch churros with um, sugar, um, brown sugar, butter, and a little bit of milk powder. So it made like this really kind of crunch crumble. So that's on the inside. And then on the on the top, I also sprinkled that with some of the the 
churros to kind of make it like play on the shrimp tails. Sweet baby Jesus, Shelly. That sounds Jeez. amazing. How far of a drive is it to McCann? <laughs> I, I may be requesting a cake. That sounds incredible. Man, I didn't know you could make cereal cakes, but I, I guess now that I think about it, you could probably turn anything to a cake. But like wow, a whole that, world of possibilities. Yeah, just that's, just there's so many up. things. You can make an Oreo O's cake. Like that's yeah. that's amazing. Um, anything that needs like requires milk or dairy. Yeah. It can yeah, have yeah. a cereal component to it. Wow. Um <laughs> the last part of the order of operations trifecta. The thing that makes it a trifecta. When you brush your teeth, mm-hmm. water or toothpaste first. Um, water, toothpaste, and then a little bit of water on top of that. That is the normal way to do it. Thank okay, you. We know this, but she's also listened before. We're at a certain point, Ben. We're going to have people who know what we want to hear. So you know, <laughs> we got to keep poker face. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Maybe I should. Like, no, that is interesting. That is, do, that is that is the non sociopathic way to do it. Uh, <laughs> that I, I wonder if that is truly like the way most people do it. Like I feel like it has to be. But I mean, we've got can, we've gotten some different answers. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, there have to be some degrees of difference in people out there that, for some reason, requires them to do their toothpaste a certain way. At which point, yeah. it would be like fine. But I think for you know most of us, we I would I would have to guess we got to start keeping analytics on this. Like I said, man, like, I know we should <laughs> really be tra- keeping track of this. But you know what? It's all recorded and released for posterity. So, we can we can you know check the tapes. Man. So um, um, okay. Yeah. So uh, what other, let's pull something else from the pot. Well, so, so I, I actually just thought about this. So similar to something we asked Janice last episode, uh, up until, up until her and this episode as well, before that, we kind of knew what everyone's music tastes were, but mm-hmm. I have no clue at all what kind of music you like. So what, what kind of music are you into? Hmm. I... Yeah, it's it's kind of like all over the place. I guess kind of like maybe some alternative stuff and then like folksy stuff. Hmm. I would have loved it if you'd been like, I'm like super into black metal. <laughs> <laughs> I just would have like you'd be like, I'm like Dark Throne's biggest fan, man. <laughs> that just it would have been hilarious. But no, that yeah. alternative and and folk that. That's uh, that's like those are like two of my favorite genres too. That's so do you, you have like a band? Yeah, what have you been listening to lately? Do you have yeah. a band that you're yeah, obsessed I'm, with? Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up my my Spotify. What was I listening to today? That's uh, <laughs> let's see. Third I, time uh, that's happened. I love it. Ah, oh, jeez. The who is this? Wada Wadahachi? My no clue. Hold on, maybe that's the the album name. This is really, really great audio, let me tell you. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is the best radio. You know what? I, I used to work at a radio station, and one of the things they told me in my years in college in media communications was that if there's one thing you want on radio, it's dead air. Yep. They were just like, as much dead air as you can get, because you know what happens? It makes people think introspectively. <laughs> and nobody wants that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a band called uh, Wadahachi, and the album's name is Saint Cloud. It came out last year. Oh, 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 wait. How do you spell that? No, I'm probably saying it incorrectly. W A X 
A H A. Waxahachie. Waxahachie. There you go. I look again. I I actually don't know if that's how you pronounce it. That's just the way I've always pronounced it in my head. But yeah, Waxahachie. I believe it's just one woman. Yeah, and she is wonderful. She's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that's that is a great choice. That is a that is a really good choice. Have you heard? Is that the only one uh, only uh, album of hers you've heard? Uh, yeah, it came up in uh, like my Spotify. You might like kind of thing. So I listened to it today. I'm like, wow, I like her. She's really oh good. yeah, man. You gotta uh, so Saint Cloud's great. You gotta listen to Cerulean Salt as well. Okay. Okay. And out in the storm. I, honestly, all of her stuff is really good. Nice. Um, but St. Cloud's her best album, in my opinion. But yeah. um, out in the storm is really good. Uh, Ivy Trip's really good. Really, she's a brilliant songwriter. Yeah. Really, really, really good songwriter. But that's that's a great choice. I love that. That was a that was a deep pull. <laughs> I'm a fan. I, I dig that. That's great. Um, nice. I'm also curious. Do you have a favorite baseball movie? Um, or least favorite baseball movie, or both. Uh, well, I definitely have a least favorite. Ooh, all right, tell me. Baseball movie. Something uh, popped up in your head immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, crap. I'm I'm having a brain fart. What is that movie that all everyone likes, but it like a lot of kids like it? Are you about to tell me it's a Sandlot? Yeah, I don't like that movie. Shelly, I could hug you through a screen right now. <laughs> I do, I don't know if you know. But it is a running joke among the pitcherless staff that I hate the Sandlot. That I like. <laughs> that I have this just intense, passionate hatred for the Sandlot, and I really don't. I don't like the Sandlot. I I don't think it's a good movie, and I think a lot of people love it because they saw it when they were kids and they view it through nostalgia glasses. But I I love so much that you just said that. I am. So- <laughs> I am so excited. Why don't why don't you like the Sandlot? I could go on forever. I wrote an article about why I don't like the Sandlot. Why don't you like the Sandlot? Um, well, I I didn't see it until probably about like five, six years ago. Yes, that is and the I, key. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, I don't, I don't, it's okay. I don't, I just I don't get what's so great about it. It's not bad. I just don't really think that it's that great either i'm just exactly. like what is going on yeah I mean, context matters too though i don't think it's fair to say that a movie's like not great solely because like you know you're viewing it through nostalgia lenses though like there's something oh, no, no, no. like are you so you're this, saying that I'm about, because... I'm about to cha- i'm about to hold on i'm getting my i'm looking for a glove and i'm about to like slap you and challenge you to a pitcher's duel <laughs> well, no, no, I, I, so uh, yeah oh my god <laughs> that would be fun that, so. um <laughs> uh, no, no no i so i'm 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 curious. I, I, are no, you I, suggesting? I, 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 are you well? Well, so I, I just wanted to know what you were suggesting. So are you suggesting so, uh, that it's it's because we can't really criti- We shouldn't really criticize it as it, it's well, a kids movie. Um, I, I think it's a little like I, yes and no. I mean, I think I think you're valid to be clear. Like, I think it's perfectly fine to not like it. You know, yeah. like you don't have to like a kids movie. But I think it's like <laughs> I don't know for adults to like it. There is like I think the nostalgia part of it is it's true, but it's also kind of valid because isn't that part of watching a movie and like like sure things? sure but the, so so my 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 defense would be th- there first of all a- as far as children's movies go i think there are really really well done children's movies out there that that adults that i as an adult love pixar has done a million of them <clears throat> pixar is you know when i saw soul 
I was just like, you know, sitting there going like, wow, I am personally profoundly affected by this film that is obviously designed for children. Same with Inside Out, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm crying at the end of Up, you know, so children's movies can be really well made films that are aimed at entertaining children, but just are really well made. That said, the question of isn't nostalgia part of enjoying a movie? I personally believe you can love whatever movie you want. And I love I love people who who say like, you know, their favorite movie of all time is like Training Day or whatever. Some some movie that like is like not considered in the pantheon of, you know, saying Citizen Kane is is the greatest movie of all time is boring. Now, if you want to if you want to tell me why you love it so much, you have an intense passion for Citizen Kane. Great. I I want to hear that. But it's sort of like, you know, saying like Sgt. Pepper's is the greatest album of all time. Okay, <laughs> boring. But they, if you have an intense love of it, great. I want to hear about it. So I, I get, I do get that. At the same time, where I think it goes a little far, and I've mentioned this on this podcast before, is when like Bleacher Report comes out with a list of the greatest sports movies of all time and Sandlot's number one. And I'm like, okay, no. <laughs> like... It's ahead of like Raging Bull and like Field of Dreams and A League of Their Own. And, and that's like, the one that I would. I, I don't like Field of Dreams personally. You don't like Field of that's, Dreams? I don't like Field of Dreams. Interesting. I, it's just too cheesy for me. Like, I can't suspend this. I have a very, I have to be like, uh, we really got to do a whole baseball movies episode here. I, swear. <laughs> I did. I did two of those on Bench like, with Bubba. Like it literally took two entire like hour and a half long episodes to go through my 15 favorite okay. baseball movies. Article. <laughs> so I'm saying, um, so, <laughs> uh, well, so you, you have a least favorite. Do yeah. You have a, a favorite baseball movie. Um, I guess it's probably either a league of their own or major league. So both fantastic choices. Both great yeah. choices. Yeah. Although we talked, we talked about a league of their own with, was it with Janice last week? Yeah, it was Janice. Yeah. Weeks ago. And uh, I have such conflicting feelings about major league though. Cause it's, I, it was slash is still also my, my personal favorite baseball movie. I've always thought of it as like the baseball players, baseball movie to some extent. And some it's just aged so poorly. <laughs> some of it is uh, aged yeah. aged rather poorly. <laughs> I could I could see that. Uh, I, so, but, mm, I think I that's always going to be a conversation with like older movies, though. Well, I sure. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a baseball movie that has aged poorly? Look at the Bad News Bears, <laughs> dude. That movie. Watch that movie now. Bad News Bears has aged horribly i don't think i ever saw the original or if i did i was a very Dude, young child it is it is rough i watched so when i was putting together the baseball movies article i was like i gotta watch all these baseball movies and i had seen bad news bears a long time ago but i was like i gotta rewatch this and i'm watching this movie and like it has a lot of heart and that's one thing i'll say the sandlot has going for it it has a whole lot of heart it's a very like heartfelt film but man bad news bears there's a lot of racial slurs like a lot of racial slurs <laughs> there is also um so i don't know if you remember but like one of the main characters of the film is a girl who pitches for this team of boys and she's an incredible pitcher well this girl who is i want to say 13 in the movie is like hyper sexualized 
and it's like there's a lot of talk about like her bras and stuff and it's super creepy maybe in like the at the time it was like oh that's kind of cute and funny but man you feel i i felt gross watching that movie i felt super super gross at the end of that movie but um major league man it's so it much fun it's fun it's not as it, you don't have moments like that like yeah that's bad that's, that's no yeah, yeah yeah i i was strong i would love to hear what you guys <laughs> think if you guys watch bad news bears now to see see what you guys would think but i will say major league is a lot a lot of fun um how good is bob Uecker in that movie <laughs> yeah a hundred percent the best like, absolutely i love that dude so good yeah dude. i i also love like I love the way they end the movie uh, that they don't like, it would have been really easy for the film to like, you know, the, there's a whole lot of build up to the ending and then to just kind of be like, and the ending happened, like just kind of speed through it. Yeah. But it does not do that. Like it builds up the suspense. It knows that like the thing about baseball that makes it amazing is the suspense mm-hmm. and it, it draws it out. Not too much, but not too little. And it just makes the payoff so amazing. Yeah. It's Have you seen any of the Major League sequels? I haven't because I, I'm afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. They're okay, so that's, bad. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, no, I'm just going to just leave it at just this one. They are so bad. Major League 2, I will say, Major League 2 is filmed in Camden Yards, which is kind of fun. Like all of the baseball takes place in Camden Yards, so every mm-hmm. time they're playing a game, like, oh, I know all that place that I, that looks very familiar. But man, it is a carbon copy of Major League, but without Wesley Snipes. Omar Epps is playing Wesley Snipes' character and is doing like a Wesley Snipes impression, and then there's like a super racist Asian character, and it's. <laughs> It's rough, man. It's Yikes. really rough. But yeah, anyways, no. Major League is a great choice. League of Their Own, also fantastic choice. Do you tear up at the end? Because I do every time. 100%. Every time. It's impossible not to. Yeah. <laughs> if you could have, as always, I'm coming out of left field here because that's what I do. Um, Sometimes you, you should come out of right field, Zach. Or center field. Right I field. really should switch it up sometimes. Yeah, field, um, yeah. Or I should parachute down <laughs> <laughs> from the upper deck. From the upper deck. Or they used to have uh, when they did Elvis night at at Sox Park. They used to have Elvis's parachute in from skydiving oh to land really? on the field to throw the first pitch. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yes, that's that will be me. Uh, so if you could have Shelly Verstrate, am I saying that right? Because I didn't get a chance to say it earlier. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, if you could sit down and have a conversation with like literally any person in any place in human history, like not necessarily even a specific person, just like wherever, whenever, where would it be? No pressure. It could be like Janice said Tyler Glasnow last week, so you can really go wherever you want with that. <laughs> um, honestly, anyone? I don't know. Like, this is really hard. I guess this is really weird. Like, why is this person coming to my mind? Um, do Venus, it. The first thing that comes up, do it. Venus, answer. Venus Williams. Ooh, ooh, good, good answer. Why, why Venus that? and not Serena? <laughs> um, honest, uh, I, I love, I love both of them, but 
what Venus has tried to do for women's tennis and trying to get equal pay and how much slack and fight that she's had to deal with. I just really want to talk with her about that. And I just think that she's amazing. Well, I'm not super familiar with any of that stuff. So if, yeah. would you be able to, yeah, work uh, yeah. Like she's some of the stuff she's done. Yeah. She's, she, uh, when she was really in her, her prime, she really pressured. Um, I, I don't even know the tennis association. I don't know what it's w- called. WTA. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just basically just trying to get close even close to equal pay at a lot of the grand slams and she's worked tirelessly and they they've gotten, you know, really close. So, I mean, she's just been, she's had to look, work really hard um, for that. That's cool. I didn't know her, know that about her at all. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I had no clue. Honestly, that's uh that's really cool. That's a great answer. That's a lot of these questions. I will tell you like going forward, some of these questions, they may sound like they're tricky or that you need to give some kind of <laughs> profound answer. What the it's, first thing that pops in your head is it's what I want. It's always the first thing. <laughs> always. Because it's always the best it, answer. It's, it's just it's always the most unique answer because if you try to think about it, then you'll try and think of like what's the best answer, and, and I don't want Sergeant that. Sergeant Pepper is the best album of all right. time. <laughs> Look, and I will tell you, Sergeant Pepper's is an incredible album. That's I want to preface by saying it used to be my favorite album of all time. Now it's in like my top 20. I do love it. But um, another next question I want to ask you, I uh, I already dealt with the ghost in my living room playing with my children's toys. But have you, Shelly, you ever seen a ghost or experienced something that you could not explain? Um, I, I, I haven't. Um, but I have been on a ghost hunting trip. Okay, tell me everything about that. There's no detail. <laughs> there is literally no detail that is too much. I want to hear so, everything. Unfortunately, we, I guess we now know already that it was unsuccessful. But um, Clearly. But I want to know, why Why did you join a ghost hunting trip? What was that like? What equipment did you use? Like, everything. Well, I really, honestly, I didn't want to go. This was in college. And I, I, I was hanging out with... Uh, friends of a friend and they were just they were on many uh a different thing and they were like we gotta go ghost hunting because that's a care they apparently believed in ghosts and i was just sitting there like okay fine let's do this thing um so we go out into like this really really like rural part of virginia like this like you know falling down barn and they have they have like flashlights and all these other equipment and they're like yeah do you see this ghost I can feel it. And I'm just like cracking up. Like, I'm like, honestly, I'm like pretty drunk at this point. So I am, I am like, (laughs) (laughs) I am cracking up and making fun of them. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, they, they really thought that they saw ghosts and everything. And um, I, it was, it was honestly a good time because it was just so laughable because it was so fake. But they honestly believe that they were seeing seeing ghosts and feeling ghosts, and I'm like, no, I think it's probably whatever you're on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I wonder what that would be fun. That would be fun to be like the drunk friend who's like watching your friends be like totally like, oh, see a ghost. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, can you imagine someone going on a ghost tour and just being like, no, that didn't. Happen. <laughs> 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 
Prove it. All right. <laughs> That's amazing. So two more things I want to ask before we get to the final little thing that we call the full count, which will be fun. But two more things. First thing I want to ask is, do you have a favorite Muppet? Um, I guess so. Um, Gonzo? Gonzo? Great choice. Gonzo's fun. Yeah, he's goofy and funny and weird, and he has a, he's blue, and he has a weird nose, and he's, okay, yeah, Gonzo. Gonzo's a great choice. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, last question I want to ask before the full count. Tell me about a time in which you laughed really, really hard. Maybe it's the hardest you've ever laughed. Maybe it's just recently you oh, laughed super man. hard and tears are coming down your face. Somebody fell down. Somebody farted. It does not have to be a good story. Just you're dying laughing. What happened? Oh, I don't know. Because I have, I'm notorious for having like a 13-year-old boy's humor. Um, That's so, um, I don't even know. It was probably my, uh, it's probably Rudy said something. And it was very, that's what she said. Uh, because I am I am always saying that's what she said. Uh, jokes because I am lame and anything that Dude, he said. Dude, no, a good that's what she said. Like a good <laughs> that's what she said is pretty funny. Like, because uh, it, yeah. it catches you off guard. It, and it, you're it, like, wait, what? Oh, there's it, something it, about, or sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Now you, you are the guest. Literally speak over me. That's uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I, it's, I guess, I mean, I kind of find it embarrassing that, not embarrassing, but yeah, I find great humor and a good, that's what she said joke. So that's probably the most recent time that I've like absolutely died is Rudy said something that he shouldn't have. And I'm like, that's what she said. And we die. <laughs> I love that kind of, that kind of like, sense of humor with a spouse or a significant other is just the best thing. Like, it's just the best when you're just like goofy and stupid with somebody <laughs> and just, and you both just end up dying laughing because you, you know, you made a dumb joke or something. It's the and best. I, I, I think the way that like the office has permeated popular culture to the point where that's like, that's a Michael Scott joke, you know? Or, uh, and yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's kind of a, and this also could be like, I mean, I know we are not particularly far apart in age, none of us, but just like a, a slight generational thing too, where it, it, or maybe not, but where there's an understanding though. It's like when you make, we talked about these nuts jokes last week though. When someone makes it, that's what she said joke. You're ever, whoever's making the joke is aware that you're making a bad joke. You're making like a, I'm being a corny 13 year old here, but it's still funny. It's like you're playing a oh. character. You know, well, yeah, like, that's that like kind of vibe with it is kind of like I don't know. Uh, everyone, everyone imagines themselves to be Michael Scott for a second, and everyone can laugh. At well, Scott and that that's like that's like dad jokes. I mean, that's why I love telling dad jokes because I I, I don't get I don't like you know I don't I don't uh, I didn't go up to my son a few months ago and say, "Hey, Nate, the cows are sleeping in the yard," <laughs> and he goes, "What?" And I said, "That means it's past your bedtime." I didn't do that <laughs> because he would laugh. I did it because he went, oh. <laughs> and my wife from like another room goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I did it for that because you're putting on a character. Almost, you're like, "Yeah, I know this is a terrible joke. This is a stupid, horrible joke." But 
Anyways, I know. let us move on to the full count. We are going to ask you. Full count, three, two. We are going three and two. We are going to ask you for a recommendation in each of five categories. The first category, books. What is a book that you would recommend? And I want to preface this, all the recommendations. Again. I want to preface this by saying it can be something obvious if you want to say, like, you should really read Moby Dick. By all means, tell me why we should read Moby Dick. It does not have to be something obscure or something. Just the first thing that pops in your head. What is a book that you would recommend? Um, let me get the name of the author real quick. Um, because I just read this book. And it is called Moby Dick by Herman <laughs> Melville. Uh, no, it's actually called um, Strongman Mussolini to the Present by Ruth Ben Gett. Gate? Gett? Um, I like to read like a lot of uh, nonfiction political books. Um, so that was really, really interesting and enlightening. And a, I think everyone should read it. What's it about? Um, it is about um, strongmen. So kind of um, like people uh, like Donald Trump, uh, Hitler, uh, Mussolini, uh, just all of these um, really um, awful uh, politicians and how, you know, how they came to power, how they fell out of power, what they did and just everything. And it's just very enlightening. Hmm. That, that actually sounds fascinating. Uh, like like a look at different cults of personality mm -hmm. and how they got where they are. That's fascinating. I love it. I, I've heard of I've heard of her, I've heard of her. I've never I've not read that book, but that name has popped up in some of some of my various I don't know circles places where I see people saying things. I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, quite a bit, and it's and I just glanced at her Wikipedia too. And actually, yeah, that does seem super interesting. And she's an Italian studies person. She's a historian of, of fascism and all that stuff. So yeah, Cellini and that whole that sounds that sounds like a very interesting historical thread thread to follow i'm definitely we put all of the recommendations uh that we give here in the notes yes so they will be in the notes i'm gonna be checking that one out myself for sure um okay next one is uh food recommend any kind of food food related item like restaurant ingredient dish baked good anything that is in theory edible i guess if that even oh boy this one's really hard for me uh, um Honestly, a good like a good bowl of ramen. Can I just have ramen? Like legit. And not, even yeah, not not like the little package ramen, but like yeah, yeah, legit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally, I, I, literally. I, talking about like cup noodles for our food recommendation <laughs> might be like maybe a little. <laughs> Look, I know we said the first thing that pops in your head, but cup of noodles. <laughs> No, no, no. I this is funny. I had this conversation with my wife like a week ago. She was like, I really want some ramen. I was like, I can get you ramen at the grocery store. And she's like, No, 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 no. Not like grocery store ramen. Like good, good ramen. So then there is very much a difference. Yeah. I mean, there was this um there was this basically this ramen shop when I was traveling um in Virginia Beach where they actually make the noodles in front of you. And you can actually watch them make the noodles and then they put it in the in the broth and they do everything and then they give you the bowl of ramen. It was legit the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. Wow. Do you know the name of that place? Because I uh, have been to Virginia Beach a couple times. It's called Noodle Man. 
Noodle Man. That'll be easy to remember. Yep. <laughs> That's great. I, I've never really had like a good a good thing of ramen. So I, yeah. I will definitely have to try that sometime. Uh, next yeah. recommendation, movies and or TV. Um, let's see. Um, my, my favorite TV show is obviously the great British breaking show. So duh. <laughs> uh, um, but I guess maybe my favorite movie is, um, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Great choice. I absolutely. What a movie. I adore that movie. I feel like I can't, I couldn't see that movie too many times though. It's so sad. I, I, maybe I like sad, but I, I don't know. I, I, I like it because it, it's, it's, it's a total mind F, right? Yeah. Because you have yeah. no yeah. idea what's going on, but in the end, spoiler alert, at least they still get back, they get back together. They still find each other, but it, it's, it's a, it's a really crazy movie. It's an amazing movie. And like, man, is Jim Carrey good in that? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it in forever. Um, that's a, that is a, so that is a Charlie Kaufman film. Charlie Kaufman wrote that and man, what an incredible writer he is. He, uh, for anybody looking for more like him, uh, uh, more of his stuff, he did a movie last year, uh, that came out called I'm thinking of ending things and it is incredible. Great, great movie. Um, yeah, my, my great choice. Charlie Kaufman, incidentally, was the, I can't even remember what it's called. What's the, the Nicholas Cage movie where he basically writes himself as oh shoot. um uh this is killing me i'm happy that's not um hold it's on i i know adap- i know adap- adaptation that's what i'm thinking adaptation of. adaptation yeah was that was that charlie Co- that, was that was charlie, charlie kaufman Co- yep yeah. you're right you're absolutely right like, oh yeah and he, did, he uh, writes Nicholas Cage like as charlie kaufman like the main characters yeah. it's weird i don't know <laughs> charlie right, next recommend bizarre dude. <laughs> great great movies um music is number four uh i guess we just talked about that for a second but yeah um any music recommendations for us um well i will give you two um well my favorite album i guess um is fantasies by metric Ooh, metric yeah choice uh yeah um i i've been to a, a Honestly, if you ever want to see a really great band in concert, it's Metric. It's there. I, I love them a lot. Are they still making music? Because I haven't listened. I haven't heard much from them in a while. Yeah, it, it's been a few years. Um, I think the lead singer. I can't remember her name. Um, she's kind of kind of dabbling in like some solo stuff. Um, okay, I just remember uh, what was it? Um, in like early 2010, Synthetica came out. Yes, and like man. That was like breathing underwater still like pumps me up to this mm-hmm. day. Yeah. I I I absolutely adore metric. Um um but then I guess I guess the best album that I heard last year is it is it really bad that uh, folklore by Taylor Swift? Amazing album. No, okay, not okay. at all. Okay. Incredible album. I mean, I, I've been a Taylor uh Swift fan for a while, but uh, when that album came out and I was like, I just, you know, put it on my Spotify and listen to it. Like I, I still, I still like put that thing on repeat. It's so it's a, good. It's a great. So it's funny. We talked a little bit about this with Chris Towers uh, mm-hmm. and he said that his, um, his wife woke him up 
and was like, Taylor Swift's doing an album with the the Desner brothers from the National. And when I when I first heard that, I was also like, oh my god, I cannot wait for this. I don't like. I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. I not that I I don't dislike her. It's just her music has never really been for me. Sure. And um, just kind of, it's certainly very catchy, and I appreciate it, but it's never been something I go to. Yeah. But with folklore, I was like, all right, I got to check this out. And man, was it good! I mean, it is some of her strongest songwriting, and just the whole vibe and atmosphere. I mean, like yeah. I'm a, I'm such a sucker for Bonnie Vare and the National, just like any any good like you know white 30 something year old uh, <laughs> but uh but and so she had i think yeah she had bonnie Vera on there and she had desners and man yeah. it was such a good album and the companion yeah. album was was solid too which the name i'm blanking on now but folklore is yeah. a great choice that is a great choice it is the it is a fantastic album to listen to in the fall yes definitely like it just is really good um all right, last recommendation, last category we're going to ask for is miscellaneous. This is going to be anything from your life, any activity, any gadget, any literally whatever, anything from your life that you would recommend for other people. And just like most of these, it is the first thing that pops in your head that I want to hear. Um, start baking. <laughs> just bake. Great. Because it, baking is the best thing because uh, because you get to do something, you get to make something, and then you get to eat it. Well, I don't get to eat it, but everyone else gets to eat it. <laughs> and right, that's yeah. that's like the best thing. You make something, it's super sweet, and you can you know do it with the kids, whatever. Um, and then you get to eat something that tastes delicious. I, I could not endorse that more. I That is something. So one of the things I've been doing since the pandemic and not because of the pandemic just was a coincidence is I've been making a lot of banana bread mm-hmm. um, because mostly because my kids like bananas, but they never eat bananas in time. So I ended up having <laughs> like two really brown bananas. So I'm like, all right, I'll just make some banana bread. But like you said, you can do it with the kids. I do it with my five-year-old and he mm-hmm. loves it. He will mm-hmm. stand on a stool and I'll like put the flour in a cup and he'll dump it and he wants to stir and all that stuff. And it is such a nice little family activity. And then, like you said, at the end, you get to eat something. And yep. my kids, I make chocolate chip banana bread and they love it and they eat it for, you know, a week. And it's the best. But that is a that is a great suggestion. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Shelly, Verstraight. I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. It has been so much fun talking to you. You are wonderful. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for being yeah. here. This is yeah. this is this is fun. This is it's so much yeah. fun to be able to chat with you. Yeah, and thanks again for having me on. And of believe course, me, I, I listened to all of your pods so far. So um, that, I'm like, I, I'm like one of your my heart. I'm one of your seven listeners. <laughs> I, you know what, I started. I've I've worried a little bit about us ragging on, like you know, like nobody listens to this. But I want I want it to be made very clear that every single person who listens to this. It it lit. I it genuinely warms my heart. Uh, every single time I hear anybody say they actually listen to this podcast, because 
it's just it's like me and zach just like talking you know and and the fact that like people actually take time out of their day to listen to us just just talk it it really it really speaks to the guests we have i think because i think the guests we have are incredible people yeah and and you are chief among them shelly so thank you so much for being here on this podcast it's been an absolute blast to have you it was great